Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Sorry. I turned it down right as to, to catch you in some acapella. Um, I'm Jack Knowlton. Joined alongside me is, of course, uh, the singer-songwriter. Yes. Uh, he will be debuting on SoundCloud pretty soon, dropping an album. behind InSync. Um, yeah. Peter Camp. Peter, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a madness month. No, that didn't work. Madness month. Mad month. I was going to say mad month, but that also sounds bad. Mad. <laughs> just sounds like you've been mad all month. I've been mad all month. No, I've, I've, uh, I've been, you know, experiencing some of the madness. The March madness, Peter. Mm. Um, obviously, last show, we, we went through a whole bracket. Yes. Um, let's let's it, check in on that bracket's doing. It's not. Yeah, you, you've got it. Do you have it pulled up? I do have it pulled up. All right. Yeah, give it's, us a, give us not, an update. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. How many of our Elite Eight teams and beyond? Or I guess Sweet 16, because this is the Sweet 16. All right, Sweet 16. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oof. Sorry. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Wait, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. So the only ones we got wrong are Illinois, which lost in the second round. Oof. San Diego State, who lost in the first round, and um, Iowa, who lost in the second round. We got everyone else. We got Gonzaga still in, Baylor still in, Arkansas still in, Florida State is still in, and Alabama is still in. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not great. I'm I'm upset about San Diego State's performance in particular. They let me down. I should have known that Syracuse would catch fire the in Qs. the tournament. They always do. Every year they're not seated where they should be. They always. They always seem to make a deep run. Buddy Beheim is an absolute bucket. Yeah, um, he even said it himself. He did. He did. He did. He likes to. He likes to to talk. That guy does. But oh, yeah. they're playing um, Houston in the round of sixteen in that region. Uh, Peter, I guess diving right into March Madness talk. That region is quite quite messy. I would say. Um, obviously, the big upset in the second round, Loyola Chicago won the Illinois rivalry game, beating the Fighting Illini in shocking fashion. I don't know how much of a rivalry that is, but yeah, <laughs> we, we people made it so for the for the sake of the tournament, I guess. But nevertheless, Cameron, I think it's Kurtwig, Krutwig, 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 and Illinois or Loyola Chicago um, beat Illinois to to move well, on. Well, let's be honest, Sister Jean beat Illinois. Yeah, Sister Jean beat Illinois. Did you see the? The quote she had where she had said... The prayer? Yeah, the yeah, prayer. Yeah, she was like, hopefully we have the strength to win this game considering we're shooting 40% from the field, 30% from three, and like 90 from the line. I'm like, she's got a full scouting report for her prayer. As a prayer. As a prayer. As a prayer. NBA, you've got a new a new head coach <laughs> inbound. analyst, Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean's going to be on first take with her, with her <laughs> analytics at this point. Her and Stephen A. Yeah. <laughs> what a combo. What a, what a debate that would be. That would be very good. Honestly, if there's someone I'd pick to, to beat Stephen A. in a debate, to beat anybody in a debate, probably Sister Jean. Sister Jean can do it. The wisdom. She's 101 years old. She's she knows, very old. She knows everything. When was Sister Jean's birthday? I don't know. Sister you can Google Jean. It. Hold on. Let's give her something nice. <laughs> a present. What if it's today? That'd be August so embarrassing. August 21st, 1919. Oh, my gosh. Remember the end of World War One? That's yeah. when she was born. That's when she was born. And then all the way through the... Wow. What a... So what an icon. Just a true legend, August Sister Jean. August 21st, get Sister Jean something nice. There you go. Um, yeah, so Sister Jean and Loyal Chicago moving on in familiar fashion to the last time they had a bit of a Cinderella run in the tournament as a six seed. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then they f they face uh, a unlike well I don't know how unlikely I guess pretty unlikely foe seating wise Oregon in the Sweet State. 16, Oregon State the go, Beavers. Go Beavers. Go Beavers. They knocked off um, Tennessee in the first round and then beat Oklahoma State and probably number not probably definitely, definitely number, number one, one draft pick Cade Cunningham uh, in the second round and they now play Loyola Chicago. Oregon State's a team riding a lot of momentum from their from their Pac-12 tournament victory. Mm -hmm. Um, it's Pac-12 season. Yeah, it's turned from Big Ten season to Pac-12 Pac season, season. A, in a blink of an eye. Yeah, Florida State. Florida State's not the Pac-12. UCLA. Yep. Oregon State. Oregon and USC. Oregon and USC. Four of the five Pac-12 teams advance to the Sweet 16. Do you know how many Big Ten teams are left? One, barely yeah. two. Well, not barely. They pulled away at the end from LSU, mm -hmm. but Michigan is the only Big Ten team left in the in the Sweet 16. Yep. There were nine of them entering the tournament. There sure were. Um, so yeah, the Big Ten not looking great. The Pac-12, on the other hand, looking very very promising. But yeah, the region where it is, it's uh, Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State, and then Houston Syracuse. Quite a quite a crazy region. It's an eight. Versus a 12 and then an 11 against a 2. It's crazy to think about how the Big Ten came in with nine teams and the Missouri Valley came in with two teams, and yet they have the same amount of teams going to the Sweet 16. <laughs> wow, what a stat. Yeah. What a stat. Shout out Loyola Chicago. Also, do you remember, and, and we can tell the people too, Peter and I happened to go to Indy. We yes. were in Indy for some of the first round games. Mm -hmm. We watched uh, Creighton versus UCSB. That was a good game. Um, fun game. We watched West Virginia play Moorhead State Not in the first game. round. Not a fun game. Very boring West Virginia really pulled away. And uh, we won't talk about the third game. Um, what? We have to talk <laughs> no, about the third I, game. I'm just kidding. Well, it was so sad. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, it wasn't like it was a bad game. Like, it was a really hard-fought game, but just the way it ended and, like, I don't know. It, it was it was a tough ending for a Missouri team that had so much promise yeah. at the beginning of the season. For those who don't know, we were at the Missouri-Oklahoma game yes. to, to give context. Um I was super happy that I was able to go. Very grateful. Um, super, super fun experience. That being said, I have never been more stressed in a basketball game than I was during that game. Every point I was on the edge of my seat, I was cheering for rebounds like they were three-pointers. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it just seemed like every point was really, really scrappy, and it was a really hard-fought game. Mm -hmm. Very much credit to Drew Smith for draining those two late threes to make it probably closer than it should have been by the end. Um but Missouri fought hard, but yeah, it's really brutal to see them go out like that. Um, for Oklahoma, Austin Reeves. What about him? He's just, like, Say it. Okay, so he was the first team all Big 12. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, kind of respect to him because I think he's a senior or a junior, and he didn't have, he was not a, even, he didn't have a star coming out of recruitment in high school. Yeah. Um, and he's worked his way up to the starting point guard, one of the best players in this team. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was the leading scorer, but yes, he was. I, I was I was quite annoyed with his performance, I guess is the word I will use. Mm -hmm. He didn't necessarily play it bad. He scored 20 points. He got to the free throw line a lot, which accounted for a lot of those points. But I think it proved that game proved to me how good of a defender Drew Smith is. Um, I thought... In the in the toward the end of the first half, in the early parts of the second half, Drew Smith was um, locking down Austin Reeves. He looked pretty frustrated handling the ball at the top of the key, mm -hmm. and there were times he did not look very comfortable. It was really only when he got into the lane that he got any hope of even scoring, and it was making really tough and one layups or just getting fouled. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, what are, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, my biggest guy take coming out of that game was um, Brady Manick. Brady Manick, the forward who shot um, six for thirteen from the field, five for nine from three. He shot over fifty percent from three. That guy was a walking bucket, and yeah. I think he's the one that kind of ended it for Mizzou because he could not miss. And Austin Reeves only shot one three. He only made one three. Yeah. So Manic coming into the game and making five threes was was huge for um for for him. Even though Drew scored six, Mark scored three. I think he was three for three. Mark Smith point. in the first half. First half Mark Smith oh was my what gosh. I was hoping to be all season. Oh, oh, Mark, wait. Mark Smith. March Smith. Well, he's gone now. Well, it's still March. March Smith. Okay. We have to get that we have to get that out there. That's a thing. March Smith. March Smith. Um yeah, it always seemed like um Brady Manic made a three like when Mizzou would, would pull within one point, he would knock down a three mm-hmm. and get that lead right back to a two possession game. He made threes he made a lot of threes. Five for nine is great. But he's also he, got a lot of hair. He does have a lot of hair. Um he's got a big bull haircut. He's got a mustache. Yeah. If you need to identify him, he's six nine, two thirty one. Uh yeah, last seen playing for last the Oklahoma basketball team. Oklahoma against Gonzaga in the second round. Um, yeah, he he just would he would make a three at like almost the worst possible time for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was really tough tough to see for for Tiger fans, but a, a great experience nonetheless. You know, being in Indy for the tournament, um, the atmosphere was cool. I mean, I don't know what if you had any other thoughts on either. The, the vibe of Indy or the game in general, obviously, for, for Mizzou. But. I've been to Indy, like, three times, I want to say. Two or three times. Yeah. I've never been to that downtown part where, yeah. where we were. And it was really cool. I mean, it wasn't a big downtown, but it looked like a, like a, like a big, big city downtown. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's very, it's very old, but yet it also has a lot of modern stuff. And it's got a lot of... Um, a lot of family-owned shops. It's got a lot of uh, stuff. Very, um, very much only seen in indie. But yeah. uh, it was a great. It was a cool city. It was a really cool city, and um, had a lot of basketball. Yeah, did is, have a, did have a nice lot of basketball. Have. It's cool walking around and seeing all the banners from March Madness and stuff. And yeah, the town was like old school. Yet it had a lot of big buildings too and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a vibe. Go to indie if you ever get the chance to. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of thoughts on the Mizzou game, obviously, I think maybe we should talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, following following this game, there's been some talk about um, Coach Conzo Martin's future with the Tigers. Obviously, there's talk about it, but there's this talk is not about gonna it. happen. You don't think you don't think anything's gonna happen? I think fans are just mad because it was kind of like Mizzou football team last year. I want to say it was a team that when you look at it on paper and you look at what they accomplished the year before. And what they were bringing in, it was a team that could really go far, because they had the depth, they had the experience, and they had, they had the, the the players to do it. And the fact that they were able to have that hot start, like the football team did, when they went five and one and were ranked, and then just at the end of the season just dropped off. Mm-hmm. You had some good wins, but you had a lot of bad losses, and then you ended up being in a spot you really didn't want to be in, and then. For I mean, for Mizzou football, there was no postseason, so they couldn't even, you know, have a postseason. But for just having that huge jump to 
having that 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 peak where Mizzou was ranked, I think tenth. I think tenth was as high as it tenth, got. and then now uh, losing in the first round to an Oklahoma team that really just has been kind of iffy all season is something that I think fans really look at in terms of why he should be fired. But that being said, I think from a coaching standpoint, he shouldn't be fired just because he's an experienced guy. Um, Yes, there has been a lot of back and forth as to why Drew Bugs was playing over Penson, but Penson really, really struggled. He shot one for seven uh, against Oklahoma and really just did not look comfortable in the game. He looked nervous. Yeah. And although Bugs only did one point better, with three points, um, it was just kind of a coaching decision that yeah. I think a lot of us think we understand, but maybe don't completely understand. But um, uh, I and also contract-wise, buying him out would be a lot of money. But I don't see Conzo Martin really going anywhere anytime soon. And I think when if you watch Sports Extra last uh, last uh, Sunday. Sunday. Uh, you learned that before Co- Coach Martin came in, Mizzou was kind of a laughing stock in the SEC basketball, and the fact that he was able to bring them to uh, what were they a seven seed? Today, I think a seven this, seed this in the year? S- yeah, seven seed in the SEC, oh, yeah. and to bring them a, a winning record and giving them a chance to go to the tournament, I think is something that I don't think can happen with just an automatic coaching switch. If that makes sense? No, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, I think with regards to the Drew Bugs decision, you know, you talk about him only scoring one more point than Pinson did. That's not why Drew Bugs is ever on the floor. I mean, he brings kind of a defensive presence that that can be helpful, and I think that could go into some explanation as to why he was playing so much in that game. But yeah, in terms of Coach Martin's impact on the team, I think we've seen it, and you you talked about the Sports Extra segment. The host of it, Ben Arnett, talked about this a lot. Coach Martin brings a a mentality and kind of a culture to that team that I think is really helpful to one his players off the floor. He's a really supportive guy, super nice and honest dude. Um, and I think I think that's there's something to, to be factored in there more than just performance on the court. And I think it would be immensely harsh to terminate a guy who just led your team to the tournament for the first time in, what is it, three years? Because um, they went in 2018, right, or 2017? Uh, the year they played Florida State? I don't remember. Yeah, but either way, you know, and, and like you said, leading to the SEC, you know, a, a decent a decent ranking. At 1.10th in the country. I mean, yeah, I, I think people are being a little harsh. The only way I see personally Coach Martin leaving is if he gets a job at a better school. Mm-hmm. Um, there's talks, I think, of Miami being in the, in you know, in need of a head coach. And so I think if the situation was better for him, he would choose to leave. But I certainly don't think it is time to – to look in another coaching direction. I think that would be a bad idea for the trajectory of Mizzou men's basketball. But, yeah, I mean, nevertheless, it's it was a talking point after that Mizzou-Oklahoma game, so we had to touch on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, you got anything else on that? Not on that, no. Not on that. Well, I mean, looking past this unfortunate Mizzou basketball loss, the Sweet 16, Peter, was set last night after the round of 32 concluded. And it's a, it's an interesting field. We talked about it. A little bit, obviously, with, with the one region, um, with Houston and Syracuse, Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State. Um, the other matchups, you have uh, a couple of opponents that Mizzou has beaten. Arkansas is taking on 
the probably biggest shocker of this entire tournament. Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. For the second time in March Madness history, a 15 seed has gone to the Sweet 16. Um, these are this is a matchup of two teams who Mizzou beat, by the way. Yep. Um, Mizzou beat Oral Roberts by about it was something like 25 points. It was something like that. Which is crazy to think about now. Um, what have you seen from Oral Roberts? Do they have a prayer against Arkansas, or is this where the the iconic run ends? Um, most likely, this is where the iconic run ends. Uh, Arkansas has been a team that has faced uh, has be- faced and beaten a very good Texas Tech team. Uh, Oral Roberts, I think, got very lucky against an Ohio State team that could not buy a bucket in the last minute of that game. Uh, Florida, I mean, the fact that they have the uh, I think the biggest score, the the most, the, the scoring leader in the NCAA, uh, was it Admus? It's Max Admus is Ad, his Max name. Max Admus. Yep. So having that guy on your team uh, isn't too bad. But uh, they're a team that can score. I think they're averaging 78 points per game so far. Um, and although they are scoring well, I think Arkansas is a team that can not only score with the guys that they have, but off the bench they have a lot of really good players. And... Um, I really see the Hogs going to the Elite Eight. Yeah, me too. I think they're just a bit more of a step up than an Ohio State and a Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be a difficult task for Oral Roberts. But nevertheless, a great story. Um, the Golden Eagles just destroying everyone's bracket. Um, you know, they they, they really were balling went out. downhill since then. Mine has too. Illinois was honestly really bad for me too. Um, you know, looking at the other matchups, you got Baylor-Villanova, which is pretty close to chalk it's a 1-5 matchup um villanova knocking off north texas who pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the first round beating purdue um that one also hurt my bracket that one actually helped my bracket i i took the mean green north texas yeah unt Uh, i also took another texas upset um in abilene christian over texas a lot of people had texas going pretty far well yeah because they won the big 12 they did win the big 12 but they were they were shaky, and they had to rely on a lot of young talent. I think it's good talent for, like, the NBA, um, but I think we saw it with Oklahoma State, too. Sometimes freshmen, you know, the NCAA tournament's just, you know, it's it's a pr- high-pressure situation, and they're young guys. And if you don't really have anyone else on your team, I think you can get in trouble. But we had Abilene Christian over Texas. Obviously, Ohio beat Virginia, which was another 13-4-1. Um, Syracuse over San Diego State, Oregon State over Tennessee, which we mentioned. Um, but yeah, you know, after all of that, you've got Baylor Villanova in that other matchup. The winner that'll play the winner of Arkansas Oral Roberts. Um, you got Gonzaga who knocked down, knocked off Oklahoma. Probably the favorites. They're playing Creighton. I think that game will easily go in Gonzaga's favor. Um, I think Creighton have not had to face too much competition so far in this tournament, mm-hmm. and kind of got lucky based off of that. Um, and then. I think my favorite matchup of the Sweet 16, a Pac-12 team will be forced out of this tournament as far as they've advanced. USC and Oregon, US, a USC team who blew out Kansas last night. They sure did. Um, you know, do you, you have anything on either the Creighton-Gonzaga or USC-Oregon game? No. Nothing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Creighton has not played i mean especially in the first game they did not play well no ucsb was okay but they didn't really have like a huge like presence if that makes sense they weren't very dominating they weren't very 
intimidating in terms of the way that they played. And Ohio was a team that kind of have a few players, but once they're cold, I mean, they're really easy to just kind of walk over them. So I think Creighton has gotten – I mean, they faced a good – I mean, they're good opponents, but in terms of, of, of Creighton being so much better than them, I don't think they've really uh, stepped up to the plate in terms of that. And I think Gonzaga has been a team that just can't stop – won't stop yeah and uh yeah and also usc oregon will be interesting oregon is a really small ball team that is really really fast and can get off the break really really quick which is one of the reasons why they were able to beat two seed iowa but uh usc is gonna bring that speed as well and they have the players especially evan mobley that will i think um have an effect that Iowa didn't have, and I think Oregon's going to have a much more difficult time. Yeah, it's kind of a clash of styles in that Oregon-USC game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a team that likes to shoot a lot and get out on the break and, like you said, plays small ball versus a really, really lanky team. Um, But I I think you're right. I think USC being able to run with Oregon in transition will overcome that. I also think Oregon have a lack of bench that will get them in trouble, either against USC or if they beat USC against Gonzaga. I think in that Iowa game, they, they only had, what, like six bench points, which they did score a lot, but, you know, relying that much on your starting five, you need someone off the bench to come and contribute. And I know Gonzaga has those guys, and, you know, we'll see if USC can step up to the plate for that too. Um, but, yeah, and then in the last region, we have uh, Michigan, who overcame a tough, scrappy LSU team, and Florida State, who beat Colorado, the first Pac-12 team out of the tournament. And then the last matchup is Alabama, who beat Iona, and then Maryland. And then UCLA, the last double-digit seed we have you know, to talk about, the 11 seed, beat BYU in the first round, then beat Abilene Christian, who upset Texas to get to the Sweet 16. Shout-out to our friend Luke. He's a big US, UCLA guy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do that game first. I mean, Alabama, we've seen them play. You know, Mizzou played them twice. Twice? Was it once or twice? I think it was once. Once. Um, Mizzou obviously knocked off Alabama earlier in the season. And UCLA, a team that had to play a playing game to get to this point. This is our fourth game of the tournament. I mean, do they keep their run going? Could they get to the Elite Eight? Maybe. 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 I think they I think they have a chance. I think they have more of a chance of beating Bama than uh, Creighton has of beating Gonzaga. But um, they're a team that's that's been hot right now. And they beat a decent BYU team that was able to kind of keep shot for shot with Gonzaga. Abilene Christian, who, who beat uh, Texas, but didn't score didn't score a lot of points, which I think was UCLA's kind of advantage in that game, is that Abilene Christian won, but they only scored 53 points. So they were a team that, you know, as long as they were able to get the offense going, really didn't have much trouble. But Bama is a team that can score, especially since they put up 96 against Maryland last game. They're a team that can score, and I think... Trying to go shot for shot with Bama will be tough, but uh, I think this is a UCLA team that that could potentially potentially do the upset. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I think if they they're they're hot at the right time. Um, however, I don't. I think if they lose to Alabama, this is an Alabama team. I think will win this region. Probably. Yeah. Um, I think Alabama can't slack off UCLA, and if they do, UCLA will hurt them. Um, they they have guys that can do that. We've seen that against Michigan State. We saw that again against BYU. Um, I think the Abilene Christian game. You can't 
It's hard to to talk about that game a ton just because Abilene Christian were an upset themselves. I think if UCLA beat Texas, we'd be we'd be talking, you know, maybe winning the region. Yeah, you'd give them you'd give them almost a 50-50 shot. If they could beat Texas, they could probably beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I I think they'll they'll keep it close, but I think Alabama just has a little bit more talent. I think they push through to the Elite 8. And then the last game is of course Michigan. And Florida State, a Michigan team who I know it actually hurt our brackets to see them win. Um, we, a lot of people that I know and I myself picked LSU in the second round. God, what a boring subregion. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost chalk. It is chalk. Not quite. UCLA is not chalk. No, I'm talking about the the first four. Oh, One the first 16, four. nine and eight, five and twelve, four and thirteen. They all won. They all, all won. Michigan over Texas Southern, LSU over State Bonaventure, Colorado over Georgetown, Florida State over UNC Greensboro. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That first, that top half no, is that all top chalk. half. That's yeah, sub, that's sub bracket. That's sub sub region of the region. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we're going deep there. Um, but do you think Florida State can be the team that knocks off the Wolverines, eliminating the second one seed of the tournament? Probably. They're probably so? the best team that Michigan has faced. And not just because that's how the bracket's supposed to be set up, but also because I think LSU kind of got over overplayed, outplayed, especially at the end there. Michigan was hitting shots that um, they couldn't keep up with. It was a very close game until the end, but Michigan was able to pull away at the end. This is a Florida State team that will keep the offensive pressure up, unlike, I think, LSU. But, um, oh my gosh, Cameron Thomas had 30 points. Yeah, yeah, he balled out last night. 30 points. Yep, he, he really, he was doing the most for LSU, but it just wasn't quite enough. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Florida State, it's so tough, because I want to bet against Michigan again. But they've been playing well. I'm taking Florida State. Probably I have Florida State over at Michigan, just because... They're just a step up from LSU, and LSU was just a couple crucial bu- buckets away from potentially taking over and possibly squeaking out a win. Yeah, if Cameron Thomas and Javante Smart have some help in that game, LSU could have very well beat Michigan. Um, no one no one did really anything off the bench for LSU. Um, Trent Watford played okay at 11 points in 35 minutes. Three blocks is very good, but... Um, yeah, it was really the Javante Smart Cameron Thomas show. That being said, I think Florida State is a tough opponent. I really like Leonard Hamilton. I think he's a great coach. Um, I I want to I want to kind of want to take Michigan only because I almost think that they, they might have what it takes. They might be trying to. I don't know. It's it's tough. I think I'm gonna take Florida State too. Um, I think MJ Walker is a solid talent. Played pretty bad uh, against Colorado. They do have a guy named Anthony Polite, which is kind of dope. Oh, how polite. But, um, yeah, he, he's been, he was their best player against Colorado. Um, and then they have, I believe his first name is, oh, yeah, it's, it's like, I think it's Kaprivka? Kaprivka? Kaprison? Yeah, the, the 7-1 guy from Serbia and Florida State. Oh. Super tall guy. And he's quite tall. Yeah, he's, he's really solid. Um, oh, man, it's tough. I think, I think Michigan, without their... Without their one of their best players, and then with a bit of an inexperienced coach, might fall to Florida State, who will go to the Elite Eight and play Alabama. Write it down, chalk it up. We already put it in the tournament. Okay, well, 
You can you can actually redo the Sweet Sixteen. How? There's like a there's like a second chance challenge. That's kind of cheating. Well, like you don't. It's not in your bracket. You make one that's just the Sweet Sixteen. Mm. It's called TC Second Chance, and you can make you can do the Sweet Sixteen beyond. Interesting. Which is not as satisfying because if you get a perfect bracket out of that, it's like well, you picked what? Eight times. Well, like I can't do math. Oh well. Um, quick math. Quick math. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll have to see. It's gonna be an interesting, interesting setup for the Elite Eight. I'm really excited to see what happens in the. The Houston region, especially if Houston loses and it's a Syracuse Loyola Chicago or Syracuse Oregon State Elite Eight game, that would be really really fun to see. Um, but Peter, what you know before we before we kick it to a quick break, what's been some of your favorite moments or games so far that you think deserve to make the one shining moment video? Because that of course is the most important part of March Madness at the end. Do you say moment or or? Uh... Or, like, upset in terms of... Either one, like a game in general or a moment, something you saw. Well, number one would probably have to be Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts, Loyola Chicago beating Illinois, um, Syracuse probably just put in Buddy Bayheim highlights <laughs> for, for 50 minutes, um, Abilene Christian over Texas, uh... There hasn't been a lot of buzzer beater wins, haven't there? I don't think there has, no. No, there has not. That's the one thing this tournament's missing is a game winner off of buzzer beater. a lot beaters. of upsets. We don't have a lot of uh, last-second upsets. Um, maybe Ohio over Virginia. What a wild ride for Virginia in terms of their last three tournaments. Yeah. Losing as a one seed, winning it all, and then losing as a four seed in the first round. There you go. That's the that's for some Virginia Cavaliers. That's some roller coaster basketball. Mm-hmm. Speaking of kind of roller coaster basketball, when we come back, we're going to talk about an NBA team that's kind of experienced a similar level of of ups and downs as a as a franchise. We're going to dive into that and a little bit more NBA stuff. Um, but yeah, real quick, I guess a, a favorite moment of mine. Oh, selfishly, I really loved Brad Davison dropping twenty nine points on North Carolina. That oh, was okay. that was insane. What about Baylor? Baylor Brad Davidson. Baylor Brad Davidson went like 0 for 3 from 3, which I ex- people were surprised when they were like, why is Brad Davidson playing so bad? I'm like, well, he's not that consistently good. Like, he's not a 29-point-a-game player. That's why the performance against UNC was so special. But yeah, if you want to know why Iowa plays so bad, never forget three of their five starters didn't score a single point. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not going to that's, that's do it. 0 for 8 from the field. And Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp combined for... Um, let's see if I can do the math here. Three, 53 points? 53 points. How many did they score total? Like 70? 80. 80. They had like 25 wow. bench points. So, yeah, just the starting lineup just not coming through for Iowa. And then, of course, for, for uh, Oregon, you know, 21 points, 23 points, 17 points, 19 points, 9 points. Yeah. Starting five. They're starting five really. But I'm not upset about it, you know. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I mean, you know, seeing all the images of Garza – were, I mean, one, how is that? And also, like, what's Iowa going to do like next year? Do you think they're going to be... I don't have enough time in this broadcast to put my feelings that's, out that's, about that. That's very fair. Very fair. We'll have, we'll have you express them to the bot on Twitter and maybe do it that way. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit NBA. Um, and, yeah, you are listening to the Penalty Box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Keep it here.
This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. The Missouri Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Guard will pay up to 100% of your tuition for up to 39 credit hours per academic year at 90 colleges and tech schools across the state. You're eligible as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Missouri Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. Penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. You're welcome, Peter. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I appreciate it. That welcome was solely directed at you. Yeah. I'm welcoming you back. Well, you know what? I feel welcomed back. Good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely just Peter, not the loyal audience that's tuning in right now. Nope. Just kidding. Audience, you are I we very much appreciate you listening. <laughs> Please don't we leave. We hope you enjoy. Please don't leave. Um no. Uh yeah, and uh yeah, welcome back and such. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep it keep it uh, basketball related here on the penalty box. We're just being unoriginal today. Mm-hmm. There's nothing happening. March Madness is over. It's over. M- Mizzou lost. That's it's over. It. That's it. We can all go home. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, we are gonna talk a little bit of NBA, and we're gonna talk about one team in particular, Peter. Uh, it's not the Memphis Grizzlies, as everyone was thinking. I just picked one in the standings to what? randomly say. I don't know. What's going on with the Grizzlies? <laughs> 20... No, no, no. Forget what we were doing. Yeah. What happens to the Grizzlies? What happens to the Grizzlies? They're 20 and 20. Jaw's still good. No, it's 2021. 20, no. Their record is 20 and 20. Ah. Um, they've lost their last three in a row, though. To their... Oh, yeah. They were the um, first victory for the Rockets in their last 20 games or whatever it was. Are you serious? Yeah. Come on, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Jeez. Um, no. The team we we're actually going to talk about a little bit is in the Eastern Conference. Um, it is the Toronto Raptors, Peter. The Toronto Raptors are an interesting little NBA, I guess, team right now. Um, I guess team. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, experiment or, like, vision, but that doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah, the Raptors, you know, they've lost their last nine straight. They're currently 17-26 and 26 and uh, 11th in the East. This was a team that... 
won the finals two seasons ago. This is true. Um, you know, what's what's happened with the Raptors from your perspective? I know I've got a couple things. What what have you seen from them and what's what's going on? How is this how's this team dropped so far after, you know, last season being in the playoffs, season before that winning the championship? Um, you know, what have you seen from from the Raptors? Well, the Raptors just on every just in every way are are struggling in terms of defense. They're giving up a lot, a lot of points, especially to the Houston Rockets, who have lost their last 20 games. Yeah. Gave up 117 points, including 20 from, I believe that's Sterling Brown. Yep. Uh, 22 to Jason Tate. Jason. Jason. Christian Wood, who, if he didn't get injured, was probably going to be an all-star with 19. John Wall with 19. But um oh wait sorry I read the schedule wrong I need to apologize to all Memphis Grizzly fans you were the last win against the Rockets before they went on their twenty game win streak the Raptors were the la- the first win after the losing streak oh apologies to Memphis Grizzlies fans that makes sense you guys did not uh, end the Rockets losing streak anyway please continue you guys did good but yeah. um just Toronto in general has not had. When we saw this team two years ago, we thought they were absolutely stacked. Yeah. Of course, they had Kawhi Leonard. Pascal Siakam was a young rising star. Uh, Kyle Lowry was kind of on a playoff slump, but still had uh, some good moments in terms of the finals, and especially that Eastern Conference finals. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was a guy who came out of nowhere and is probably their best player right now, if I'm going to be honest. But uh, this bench, though... Uh, yikes. Yeah, it really drops off. Chris Boucher is their sixth man coming Boucher. up. Oh, it's Boucher? It's French, yes. Uh, Sounds a lot better than Boucher. My American Boucher. Oh, uh, my goodness. Henry Ellenson averages seven and a half points a game in the NBA. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's not good. Henry <laughs> Ellenson's your eighth off the bench. Continue, sorry. Yeah. So, Boucher with four. Um, Paul Watson with six. I mean, you have no bench, and you have a team that really just isn't playing to the effect that you want them to. And maybe that's because they aren't able to establish a single superstar like they were two years ago when it was obviously Kawhi Leonard. But um, it's it's uh it's definitely something that. Needs to get fixed on defense and needs to get established on offense very quickly. Yeah, I don't necessarily think their starting lineup is bad. I think following that finals run, Van Vliet has developed into the guy the Raptors expected him to be. See, it's not a bad be. starting lineup, but then you see Stanley Johnson starting at small. Yeah. Forward. Well, I mean, I think normally it's it's Norman Powell, but as Stanley Johnson has started a few games. I think he started their last well, couple. Well, Norman Powell is, small, is power forward. Wasn't, isn't Siakam power forward? Isn't it? I think he's technically their fifth. Is it, is I, I guess oh, yeah, I guess forwards. technically he's, he's their big. Because they I don't think, have Marcus All. Yeah, uh, that's right. I think that's also part of the problem, too, is it's, it's, I don't know, they do have Patrick McCall, who wins a championship on every team he plays for, but... At least until last year. Yeah, until last year. Um, but I think, you know, one thing I'll, I'll say is Van Vliet has developed into that guy that I think the Raptors fans expected him to after that finals win. Mm-hmm. I think the guy that hasn't has been Pascal Siakam. I think... When Kawhi left, it seemed like he was handing the keys for this to be Siakam's team. And like you mentioned, he's not the leading scorer. 
He's 38th in the league in scoring, 33rd in rebounding, 43rd in assists, which is good. I mean, he's certainly not a bad player, but I don't think he's his numbers have elevated enough to to where the Raptors need them to be to be more of a successful franchise. Yeah, but that being said, when you look at their la- their before the the nine game losing streak, they had a four game losing streak, including two wins against the third or second seed in the East, Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they beat a Nets team who is arguably the best team in the NBA right now, and they beat the Seventy Sixers, who are the number one team in the East right now. So it's something that happened in between their first win against the Rockets and their first loss against the Rockets and the eight losses in between that have just sent Toronto on a downward spiral because they were really rough starting the season. I think they were like 13th or 14th in the East. Then they jumped up to 5th in the East. And now they're back down to, I'm going to say like 12th. Mm-hmm. But it's just so inconsistent with Toronto so far. And I don't know what happened because if you take away their last nine games, they're a really solid team. Mm-hmm. It's just something happened in between then and now that has just sent them on a downward spiral and even has Kyle Lowry being possibly having... Well, let me retry that. <laughs> it has made Kyle Lowry you know, reconsider. on the trade market. Yeah, because he, he has to make... He's going to be a free agent, so they have to make a... They want to get something. They have to. They have to make a decision with him too, and that's obviously a name that you know lives in Toronto Raptors lore, along with Demar Derozan before he left. But yeah, it, it really has been a struggle for the Raptors. I mean, statistically, they're last in the league in rebounding. We mentioned they don't have a true center, so that doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Aaron Baines, but he comes off the bench, so and he's a he's a legend. If you don't follow the Aaron Baines fan Twitter account, this is really random, but follow it's very funny. Um, yeah, they they really struggle. I mean, they they don't have much of a bench. They don't have a true center. And for me, it's it's Siakam hasn't developed into that true Kawhi replacement that I think a lot of people expect him to. He was a great second option, but I don't think you can right now be a second option to Fred Van Vliet and be successful. I think I don't think Fred Van Vliet is a guy. I mean, he can be the best player on a team, but he's not going to be the best player on a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that bench that bench depth is a problem. Um, you know, Chris Boucher's been good off the bench, but you know Henry Ellenson, I guess he's only played two games. But you know Terrence Davis, playing 33 games, only averages seven points. Aaron Baines, six points off the bench in 40 games. I don't know. I I think the Raptors are are yeah they have they have some stuff to figure out. Don't know how they really do it because they have a good coach too. Mm-hmm. Is the other thing, but. Yeah, I mean, any other, any other thoughts on the Raptors? Any final thoughts? Uh, they just need to get their stuff together. Yeah, for real. We'll see. We'll see if they can, if they can bounce back up into that playoff picture, or if the Knicks will just win the finals. Seventh in the East, by the way. Every year, I think I should just bet on the Knicks to win the finals. One just, year you'll be right. One year, I, I statistically have to be right. Probably. Right. Well, if ever, if it takes well. I don't know how that in the math would work because if every team wins That's in the some next thirty statistics, years, but I feel like yeah. there's a there's a chance that I should be right by at least the next thirty years. 
I should win at least once. I guess if every team is given the same odds to win the championship which every year, not, which they're not though. So I don't know how that would work. Yeah. What if what if every team was given the same odds? Like the every team is just even. Yeah, no you matter know, what. Because now the Houston Rockets are the exact same team as like the 76ers. 76ers. or the Utah Jazz. Or the Utah Jazz. The best team in the NBA still. Minnesota, Utah, it's the same. Potato, it's the potato, same. potato, potato. Um, but yeah, any other final thoughts on the NBA? Anything to look forward to? Obviously, you know, post All Star break, post March Madness, that starts getting closer to playoff time. It does. You know, we'll have to we'll have to see how the playoffs picture shakes well, up. With just the NBA in general, how many All Stars are injured right now? Yeah, that was the other thing. I you you reminded me of that point. I believe um, Giannis is a little shaken up. LeBron is obviously out. Lamelo Ball is out for the season. I know he wasn't an All Star, but a guy who's been emerging. Yeah. Um, he's out for the season for Charlotte, who's in sixth right now in the East. So that's pretty de- detrimental for them. AD is still hurt. Um, Steph is hurt. Steph is hurt. Hurt his butt bone. His, oh, sorry, his, his tailbone. His tailbone. Um, I don't remember who else besides... Clay Thompson's out. Okay, well, <laughs> that's true. I saw him kayak to practice, though. Seems like he's making Kayaked? a good recovering. Yeah, across the bay. Isn't that dangerous? Aren't there, like, boats? A kayak is a boat. Well, but it's not a big boat. No, it's not. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, so some, some superstars are going to have to rely on some other, some other players, especially for the Hornets. I think that's going to hurt them. Yeah. Lamella Ball being hurt because um, they're in a in a not precarious spot, but they're in a good spot right now, and they want to keep that obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any other things in the NBA before we take it to a quick break? No. All right. I just <laughs> I, I just want to shout out quick quick the discrepancy between the top three teams in the East and the fourth place team. Uh, the Bucks are in third in the East at twenty eight and fourteen, a game and a half back from the Sixers. The Heat are in fourth. And they're eight games behind. They're 22 and 21. Wow. The East just really falls off after the top three teams. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see what develops with the Raptors and with the rest of the NBA. Um, that is going to do it for this segment, I guess. Uh, talking NBA. When we come back, though, we are going to wrap things up, of course, with the penalty box. We'll have a special guest joining us. You don't want to miss it. This is the penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. This is how we do every day. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Last year, four million people graduated from Red Cross classes. One of them could save your life. Join them. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming.
And welcome back to the penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Jack Knowlton, Peter Camp. Peter, how was the, the break? Oh, it was great. It was great. We got a five-course meal. Yeah. I love the Alaskan for dessert. It really Ooh, hit the spot. Nice. Good choice. Um, And I guess, yeah, we're going to dive right into the penalty box. But first, we're going to, of course, bring in our special guest, because that's what we need to have a penalty box segment. It's Justin Bear. Justin, Yay. how are you doing? I am so incredibly tired. Yeah. I'm taking a nap when I get home. <laughs> oh wow. Well, is your is your fatigue going to impact your performance on the Who knows? On the maybe, quiz? maybe it'll make it funnier. We'll see. We'll, it see might. How, we'll see how it goes. You might have heard Justin a split second before we went on air cuz I clicked the wrong button and while <laughs> he was testing go. the mic. Professional. Yeah. It was professional producer. Was a little a, bit of a botch. It, it was happens. A figure out who our guest is off of this one second. Yeah. Sample. Yeah, that's what it was. That was the setup. Thank you, Justin. Um before we get into it, do you want to tell the people what what show you do and Absolutely. And, yeah. Um so Make sure to tune in, or actually just stay on the radio. True. Because uh, uh, I, uh, me and a, two other of my friends, uh, Jordan Malevchek and Peyton Haverman, are hosts, or all co-hosts of Starting Left Bench, uh, tagline for those not good enough to go pro because we're all kind of heavier set fellows and we thought it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk March Madness and the NFL frenzy, and then we're going to uh, go into our fun segment called Bench Talk, where we talk about something not sports-related to kind of, you know, spice up the show a little Ooh. bit. And we've got a special guest on today. I'm not going to reveal who it is. Ooh. Yeah, I can't do that. It's yeah. me, isn't it? Yes. It's me. Dang it, Peter. <laughs> I told you to keep it a secret. Sorry, we're going to purpose... <laughs> um, yeah, that's sick. We're yeah. going to purposely go long, so cut into your airtime. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Justin, I mean, before, before we get into the quiz also, you know... Obviously, it's March Madness. Have you been? Were you watching the tournament, either men's or women's? What have you seen? Um, I've watched most of the men's. I wasn't able to watch a ton of yesterday's games because of schooling and work. Bonding uh, yeah. school. Uh, yeah, uh, there were a ton of ton of good games. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched a little. I've watched a little bit of the women's tournament, but not a ton. Uh, I still think my favorite moment was Oregon and San Diego. Playing each other with the score being like thirty-four to nine at halftime. Oh, I saw that. That was oh, last yeah. night, right? God. Yeah. yeah. What makes it better is that it was like a six-eleven matchup. So. Oh, jeez. I, I mean, it 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 turned into a good game once half got over. Yeah. Because San Diego State started to to score. Um, That's good. Right. <laughs> I saw one game in the women's basketball tournament that was I forget who was playing, but they inbounded the ball and then um, the person who caught it yes. turned around and ran into the back of it was Florida State versus somebody else. Yeah. Did you say they called a travel? Yeah, for they that? called a travel on it. So she like ran into the back of of the defender and like like floored, like yes. they didn't see her coming, you know. Fell straight to the floor, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's probably a foul." They called the travel on the person who caught the ball. So, so not only did you have to just run right into somebody, but then you get called for a travel. Absolutely brutal. But um, yeah, so tune into the men's and women's basketball tournaments the rest of the way. And uh, Peter, Justin, you guys ready for the for the penalty box? I am. All right. Do you remember the rules? I do. I get a minute. Two minutes. Oh, two minutes. Two minutes. Oh. Okay, I guess I don't remember the rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I get two minutes to answer as many basically icebreaker questions as possible. You yes. do. That you do. Because we're a family show. We want everybody to know about everybody, so we're all comfortable here. Okay. Fair. Okay. Fair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the record is Tyler with 32, so that is, I, that is okay. what you can beat. Don't worry. I have 41 questions. Okay. So, so we should have no Infante problems like we did it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, 
Go. What is your favorite breakfast food? Uh, cereal. What is your favorite time of day and why? Uh, morning because I feel more productive. What is something you love that not a lot of people know about you? Uh, cinnamon roll with chili. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. What is your What is your best celebrity impression? Pass. What's your What's more? Who are you more afraid of, Jason Bourne or John Wick? Uh, Jason Bourne. Favorite marine animal? Sea turtle. What's your favorite meal to cook and why? Uh, grilled cheese because it's easy. Uh, what is your favorite musical instrument? French horn. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog. Are you a good dancer? Absolutely not. What's your favorite? Your what fruit or vegetable would you most want to be? Cucumber. If you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would you choose and why? Uh, pass. If you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be and why? Um, sleep, because then I can do everything. If you could go to Mars, would you? Why or why not? Yes, because I think it'd be cool to bounce. iPhone or Android? Uh, iPhone. Favorite pizza topping of choice? Pineapple. Would you rather live without heat and AC or live without social media? Uh, heat and AC. Would you rather be the funniest or smartest person in the room? Funniest. Would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or fly 10 miles per hour? Fly 10 miles an hour. Would you rather be a superhero or the world's best chef? S- the world's best chef. What's your favorite Mizzou dining hall? Uh, Southwest. Favorite song to sing in the shower? Oof, uh, Time from Tech Everlasting. Would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? Olympic gold medalist. What's your favorite element on the periodic table? Uh, helium. What's one song that you could listen to on repeat for the rest of your life? Uh, cough syrup, but the Glee cast version. What is one place? What is one place you would never want to live? Maine. All right, time. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. What's wrong with Maine? Maine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was the first one that came to mind. Starting beef with Maine. <laughs> um. I, I like your best chef shout over a superhero. Because if you could cook anything... and it'd be That's like, already like, a superhero. Yeah, yeah they are already like... Yeah, I agree. Um, no mean? no real beef with Maine. Just said something. Cough syrup, but the Glee version. Very specific. Yeah, because like, all but one episode of Glee basically used covers of songs. Right. And I don't know 100% the uh, regular version of it, but I know the Glee version fairly well, and it, it hits... So I listen to that. The song is called repeat. Cough Syrup? Very sure. Yeah. You never heard of Cough Syrup? Yeah, no. go give it a listen, Pete. Okay. It's a good song. Okay. I think you I have know. heard okay. of it. You might not okay. know that. Yeah, that's if you want to cry, watch the video that goes along with yeah. it. But, like. It was a sad song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Very depressing. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, I'm going to, you know, I you said fly 10 miles an hour. This is the only other question I'll, I'll address real quick. I might take the hot take. I might say run 100 miles an hour. That'd be kind of well, sick. Well, see, the thing is, I don't like running. Okay. So, it, I mean, I could... I, that's cool that I could run 100 miles an hour, but, like, I wouldn't use it often. So, I feel like I would regularly fly. But I feel like I could become an Olympic winner, Olympic champion. Yeah. If I could run 100 miles an hour. It's true. Every single event. Yeah, you yeah. just you just 100 destroy. meter, 400 meter, 1600 meter. Three two hundred meters, marathon, meter, the marathon, twelve thousand eight hundred meter. <laughs> You'd finish a marathon in record very, very time, quickly. record oh, yeah. time. Um, and Iron Man is done in one day. Yeah, <laughs> easy, too easy. Um, yeah, I also just yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to run that fast. Um, Mars, so you could bounce. I like the Thank shout. You. you could do that in the moon too. <laughs> well, yeah, but Mars would be better. That's fair. That's very fair. Longer trip though. Yeah. Um, I missed it. What was your favorite musical instrument? French horn. Did you play it? Yeah, that's what I played. Respect. 
I can't play a musical instrument. <laughs> I played the oboe for a year. I'm so oh, sorry. Wow. Yeah. The, <laughs> oboe's, the oboe's bad? My reed broke every other week. Ooh. Yeah. That and the fact that it just sounds awful. <laughs> wow. It sounds like a, a duck screaming off the top of its lungs. No yep. love No <laughs> love for the oboe here. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, you scored for 27, me. by the way. I don't think. If, no, 28. So you, got, you did pretty well. Yeah. Well, I, I passed two. Because I just couldn't think of anything. I don't oh, remember what they two. were. Okay, so yeah, I would, just said pass. That would be 26. The passes does bring it down. Oh, but thought, still yeah. solid. Yeah, still I'm, solid. I'm, I'm proud of it. Well done. Thir- um, 32 was a bit of a stretch, but I'm, I'm happy with 26. Well yeah. done. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, having me Everyone on. just stay listening because uh, Justin's show will go on air in about one minute. So. <laughs> yeah, just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. And Peter, any final advice for the people for the week? Um, clean your cars. Oh, that's a oh, good shout. I'm doing that over spring break. I'm cleaning my car. Yeah. So it'll get be all, some scents. It'll be all fresh get and some, new. Get your vacuums. Get your Lysol. Get your Clorox. Get, get some scents. Get some scents. Sense. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here on the Penalty Box. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, keep watching March Madness and wash your cars. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Peace.